Welcome to The Struggle is Real by Family Bridges. Welcome once again to The Struggle is Real, a podcast by Family Bridges to encourage millennial parents. Thanks for joining us. We're your host, Veronica Adila. And on this side, Omar Ramos, today we have a special podcast. Now listen up, we get to celebrate moms. And we've prepared a Mother's Day special. We have a full house today. We've invited, as always, Dr. Alicia Laos, clinical psychologist, CEO of Family Bridges and co-author of The Struggle is Real, and the entire TSIR production team. Thanks for coming out, guys, who will be sharing their experiences with their mommies. We'll introduce them as we put on, well, we're going to put them on the hot seat today, okay? We're going to have fun with this, and uh, we're going to go ahead and start by... (laughs) Sorry. Just sneezed. (laughs) Because mommy sneezes as well. (laughs) That's right. It's part of the job. It's part of the job. (laughs) Bless you, by the way. (laughs) Bless you, by the way, Dr. Alicia. Even even like that, she's got to keep it together. I know, right? You go. So we're going to go ahead and uh, start by introducing Isabel Miranda and, of course, Richard Lara. Welcome, guys. Hello. Hi, thank you. Thank you for being here. So we're very happy to have you be a part of the podcast today. People don't know out there that you're part of The Struggle is Real because you're behind the scenes. So just introduce yourselves, who you are, and what do you do as part of The Struggle is Real. Isabel? I'm the graphic designer, so I basically make all the information look pretty for you guys. That's right, and she does. Very nice work. And then Richard? Uh, my name is Richard, and I'm, it's pretty similar to what Isabel does, but it, instead it's, I do this on the on the web. So I make it pretty, but for the people that go on, on the website and look at our, our Family Bridges website. Awesome. For everyone, what's the first thought that comes to mind when you say, or when you hear the word mom? Unconditional love. I think of my mom, I think of stability. I would say my uh, spiritual guide hmm. at this point of my life. She's the one that reaches out when I have those... Uh, spiritual moments where I feel a little empty and I reach out to her and she just has the perfect words to say to kind of like fill my tank right up again. Awesome. For me, maybe Glue. She's the one, she's the person that keeps our our family um, united. So, ah, Let's not get <laughs> teary the feels, up here. Guys, the, feels. <laughs> the feels. Well, thank you for sharing that, guys. So uh, check this out. Now for this podcast, we've placed a couple of questions on our Facebook page and these are some of the things that listeners responded. First question was, what is something your mother does or did that you also do at this point in your life? Okay, what is something your mother does or did that you also do? Well, actually, that's pretty simple. So my mom has always worked her entire life. She has always, always, always worked nonstop. In fact, she started working when she was like 14 or 15 years old. Then she got her first car. She paid it off. She built up, and she worked and bought all of her own stuff all by herself. And that's actually something that I ended up doing. My mom and her entire side of the family have always been really big runners. So her dad and mom and she and her brother and my siblings, they were all really big cross-country runners and track runners, marathoners. My mom has run so many marathons. She's also track and cross-country coach now. And I swam growing up. That is made me a little bit of a black sheep in the family, but as I got older, kind of towards the end of college, I decided, well, I'm not going to swim anymore. I swam for 10 years. That's enough. So I took up running because I wanted to stay in shape, and it definitely makes me feel closer to my mom's side of the family. My mom loved dancing with my dad in the house in the midst of everything. Whenever one of their favorite songs would come on by, 
Ella Fitzgerald, Etta James, Nancy Wilson. Now, me and my hubby dance around the house. I can actually see my kids' eyes, the same warmth I used to feel watching my mom and dad. My mother has all my life been eternally, obnoxiously optimistic, and I've been told I am the same. Uh, I am eternally, obnoxiously optimistic. Ah. Mm. Oh, that was so nice. Can anyone relate to any of these callers? Yeah. You know, I would say that, um, you know, my parents and my mom, especially, she's a, an extreme hard worker. I mean, you know, we I grew up in Central California. We are ex-campesinos. I grew up on a farm. And just watching her bust her tail off every day before the sun came up and when the sun was coming down out in the uh, Central California area, kind of developed this this model in my life where I've hustled ever since I was like five years old, you know. And it's, and it's weird now because now that I'm a grown-up, if I'm not working, I feel weird. Mm-hmm. Aside from that, my mom has like the biggest heart. And what I mean by that, my mom has always been very, she worries about people and she worries about the elderly. And when we were younger, my sisters and I would always go Saturday mornings on my mom's day off after working the whole week. We would um, go to this convalescent home in Turlock, California, and she would go and bathe and feed and comb people that were abandoned by their families at convalescent homes. And I used to freak out because I would sometimes she'd be like, can you go get those shoes from so-and-so? And there'd be a lot of people with dementia advanced dementia so these people it was like dealing with with kids because they start crying Mm -hmm. and I would freak out and I had no idea what was going on I think we were going we're visiting like a house of crazy people but she was doing something because in her heart she felt like she needed to convey the message of God to them and she just wanted to be there for people she just could not stand knowing that these people had been abandoned by their family members you know what I mean so now that I'm older I'm doing the same thing with Eliani like I'll I'll ask Eliani to learn a song Mm-hmm. And then we'll go and visit elderly people. And then, I mean, they just fall in love with her and we do that every day. So it's something that I'm instilling in her. Thanks to my mom, I've been able to continue, I guess, that habit of doing something good for the community. What a beautiful thing to do. Doctor, obviously moms pass on to their children their actions, their feelings, and lessons. What can you say to moms that are listening to us now about the legacy they'll leave behind for their kids? Well, we just heard it from Obar, Mm -hmm. and I'm thinking about my own experience. My mom is super industrious. She started a couple of different schools in the Dominican Republic. They're standing strong, and she's constantly doing charitable work. And when you said that, I thought, oh, boy, a lot of us in our family have that in our DNA. We're just always trying to build things. Those are just examples of how we as mothers or parents really really influence the lives of our children. Their kids pick up on it, and they live after what we do and say most definitely and sometimes i guess we don't think that we're teaching Mm -hmm. while with with actions but goodness all these things that we can learn Mm -hmm. how beautiful (laughs) so i'm going to go ahead and pick on um isabel who's here with us today so we know you're a professional uh graphic designer is there any kind of connection with what your mom does nowadays what motivated you to become a graphic designer that maybe has some kind of association with your mom first i did say nope nothing like my mom Mm, okay but then eventually it kicked in. My dad kept saying, Igual the madre. Same exactly like your mother. No, there's nothing There's nothing coming me and my mom. But she always fed my creative side. Mm. When I was younger, I remember we used to do contests, like at stores for like drawing contests. Mm-hmm. My mom would be the first one. Glitter, cotton for like Easter. She had like little cotton balls for like tail and stuff. So I always end up winning, but she always fed up with my creative side. So I think that kind of pushed in for me to be the graphic designer then. There you go. 
Very nice. And Richard, they always say that boys are like more attached to mom. Is that true? Is that is that your case? I think that is the case because what happens is that um, uh, males tend to be a little more uh, stronger personality. They tend to be a little more tougher on their sons or grandchildren. For instance, my grandpa, he thought he was a little more tougher uh, with me. And my mother, she always, if I would fall or something, she would pick me up. She would like, you know. Sana, sana, culita, rena. <laughs> and that kind of stuff. And uh, versus my, my grandpa, he'll be like, get up, get up. Like, nothing happened or so stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So because of that, I think, like, uh, you get a little more attached to your mother. Like, I got a little more attached to my mother every time, like, something with her or something like that. I was always go to my mother. I'm just going to jump in there mm-hmm. and parentheses, but did you guys realize that when you hug your kids, there's oxytocin? So when you give your child a hug and you have that for a sustained period of time, in essence, that is the love hormone that you're sharing. Mm -hmm. And so moms, we do do that more, you know, perhaps we are the ones that are always loving and giving hugs. And so, you know, we've got a lot of that lovey-dovey hormones. We do. We do. Most of them do. Yes. (laughs) That's awesome. What value, both of you, what value would you say that you learned from mom? Like your your self-worth. Know your value. Anywhere you go, always make sure... You represent yourself the best way you can. Make sure others respect you. That's a beautiful value, no, doctor? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. If we can teach that to our kids, gosh, how many kids nowadays need to really know how to respect themselves and value that and hold that. So that's beautiful value. And continuing with that, no, doctor, how can today's moms teach or instruct the children about making wise relationship choices? Oh, that's a huge one. And that's, you know, the the vision of Family Bridges, right? We're all about that. And there's a lot of studies that show, for example, that moms who have strong relationships with their daughters will mitigate or even reduce the incidences of depression mm-hmm. and all that if the, you have significant touch points. So just really investing in the life of your of your child is important for your mental well-being, but also for the relationships. And at the end of the day, girls do listen and boys do listen to a mother's advice. And when it comes to relationships, that's something that is across your lifespan. You're going to need to know how to relate to your coworkers, to your classmates, to your siblings, and to your future romantic relationships. So why not take the time and break that down for them mm-hmm. and really see your opportunity as a training ground to teach your children how to relate to others well. So you see your kids and they're fighting, teach them how to listen to each other, teach them how to forgive. And as they grow, teach them what is, how you should be treated what violence is and what a healthy relationship looks like, that it's void of violence, that it includes patience, that it includes, you know, perseverance, but it also includes positioning yourself and, and giving yourself the respect that you need. All of those lessons, really important for us to teach our girls and daughters. And, and for some really specific tips, we do break that down in several resources. So we mm-hmm. do recommend the audience to visit our website at familybridgeschicago.org or we have a resource, um, Girl Talk, for example, and it breaks down 13 different conversations that mothers can have with their daughters. Beautiful. And with that note, I'd like to introduce our next question. We have one of our callers that's going to touch exactly on that. The next question is, what is something your mom did or does that you didn't appreciate until older? 
Uh, you know, one thing that my mother used to always do for me that I did not appreciate enough until now is the fact that she would pack my lunch. And not just that she would pack my lunch, but she would pack it with such amazing things. Because now that I'm out of the house and I'm trying to pack my own lunches, it's pretty much just whatever I can grab in the fridge real quick. But when she used to pack lunches, it was a balanced meal and it was, it was fun. You know, like she'd write a message in the banana, so I'd open it up, and it would be, oh, man, I love you, too, all that kind of stuff. Now when I open up my lunch, it's 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 just, it's just oh, like two pancakes and a granola bar. When she had it, it was, it was you know, the peanut butter and jelly sandwich, the fruit roll-up, the juice, then, like, a couple Oreos afterward, a message about remembering what I had to do the rest of the day. It was fantastic. It's definitely something that I did not appreciate until I moved out. And uh, I'll tell you what, I, I really do miss it. Uh, love my mother. Love my mother to death. And that was one thing that I definitely did not appreciate until I left the house. Well, the one thing that uh, my mother did that I never really appreciated until I got a lot older, back in the 60s, um, my mother was involved in a uh, relationship. She was actually married to a man who, while I don't think he was physically abusive toward her, he was pretty much emotionally abusive toward her, never let her know to any end how worthless or anything she was. And back in the 1960s, uh, divorce was really a thing that was kind of frowned upon. But my mother had the courage to stand up, walk out of uh, an abusive relationship with a six-year-old boy, six-year-old son, my half-brother, and basically start over, make a new life for herself, which she did when she met my father a couple years later, and they were married, and uh, they started their family over from there. I am a 40-year-old woman with three daughters of my own, and one thing that my mother did for me growing up that I never really appreciated was she was always a great listener. She was unbiased for the most part when she would listen to the struggles that I had as a child, and she would always listen to things that I told her, good or bad. She was open with me about many, many things. And I didn't realize until I had children of my own at an age that they wanted to talk to me about personal things. What a great service and what a great thing that that was that my mother did for me, just to hear me, just to listen. And so it's really important to me to be there for my children and to listen to them when they have something to say. And this is what I do. And I am very grateful for my mother for teaching that to me and for being there. She is still someone that I always turn to when I need advice. Even at 40 years old, I still need my mother. And I am grateful for her. Okay, so we're back, and uh, once again, thank you. A big shout-out going out to uh, our participants, Teddy Gales, James Hartley, Angela Martin-Brooks, for their stories. Very unique, each one of them. So at this time, we're going to go ahead and uh, welcome Frederick. Thanks for joining us, buddy. Hey, man, nice to be here. So kind of along the line, what we just heard, what is that from your mom that you appreciate the most? So many things. Can I say two? You could say five. I can say five. <laughs> Max five. <laughs> so many things that my mom has done over the years mm-hmm. that I didn't appreciate for one reason or another. But looking back, obviously, it's it's life-changing, the impact that moms have. I would say 
My mom, is, I think my brother and sister will agree, my mom is a fierce, fierce lady. Uh, well before the early 2000s, I'm going to date myself a little bit here, when Beyonce and everyone made that, that adjective very popular, like fierce, like mm-hmm. she was like, a, she's just like, just like fierce, like a, like a lion. So like if anyone, like I didn't get bullied in school, I'm not saying anything like that, but like if there was ever a, a sign of trouble or confrontation, if we were anywhere, I, <laughs> so I'll tell a story. I remember one time. Because when I was little, I was a little stupid. So I, <laughs> so I, I had a spoon. We were at a restaurant, and I would take a sugar packet, and uh, I would put it on the handle. I would just pound the round part so that the spoon becomes like a catapult yep. and just launches the sugar packet across the way. And my mom and I were just eating dinner, and I was just launching sugar packets, just trying to see if I could make them land in a cup on the table. My aim was off for one of them, and I just hit the spoon really hard, and I just launched this sugar packet all the way over our booth. To your neighbors. Into the salad of the world. Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) And um, this woman came over, and she was like, excuse me. I don't know. I was like, I'm being kind to myself and say it was five. I was maybe I was hopefully I wasn't 12 but I was young so she was like what are you doing you you can't throw sugar packets at strangers what's wrong with you my mom stood up and she said well first of all you don't even know where that sugar packet came from and you're assuming it came from my son just because he's over here by himself playing with sugar packets go back to your chair woman leave him alone (laughs) but it wasn't she wasn't trying to defend my idiotic behavior but she was just like (laughs) this woman just came over and started just started like yelling at me and my mom wouldn't have any of it and so she sent the other woman back and then we sat down and she's like and then my mom says to me but she's right you probably shouldn't be throwing sugar packets at me (laughs) so she had your back she had my back and then one more thing Mm -hmm. just because I I love my mom and my mom's my mom's eccentric I think I think a couple people in this room have met my mom once and they remember her which is saying something (laughs) my mom is a giver a little shout out there's a show we do here at Family Bridges called uh, Los Secretos de Santa Monica. Mm-hmm. There's this character, Hortensia, and Hortensia is magical, and she has this big magic purse, and you never know what she's going to pull out of that purse next. It could be, and sometimes I think, like, a whole person could just walk out of the purse because she's got everything in there. My mom has a similar purse, and whenever she meets someone, like, she came to Chicago to visit me for the first time. I introduced her to her friend. She says, oh, hi, how are you? Nice to meet you. Do, uh, do you want a candle? Do you want some lotion? Do you have a girlfriend? Do you have a girlfriend? Here, take, take a necklace. You can't find this anywhere. This is this is a be- It looks real, but it's cubic zirconium. But it's beautiful. You give this to your girlfriend, you'll have a great night. And she just walks around with necklaces and candles. And I wish that I could say that's something my mom does that I also do, be a giver of gifts. Mm-hmm. everywhere I go but it's something I definitely appreciate and maybe in in high school I was like a little not embarrassed but like why are you walking up to my football coach and trying to trying to give him some hand lotion like <laughs> <laughs> but now but now like man she just kind of spreads that generosity everywhere she goes and nice. I just think that's awesome and I'll just add I mean maybe you don't realize that you are a giver but you are because let me tell you Freddie here is the writer and director of the skits that you listen to in every podcast here at The Struggle is Real and he does a wonderful job and he's an actor as well who brings the mint the lifesaver mints <laughs> Say their lives. <laughs> Who brings coffee? 
Freddie does. Is it so Freddy? you are. You just don't realize it. He's always giving and caring for the rest of the staff. That's he an feeds her on childish side too. You bring frisbees to the office. <laughs> See? <laughs> you keep it interesting. You keep it fun. And also, so, I also noticed trust. that Freddie has a very positive team player spirit, and that's mm-hmm. another way of sharing that generosity. Just sharing kind of hope and just positive enthusiasm. You're the whole package, Freddie. Wow. So. I think that, that's actually a great way to introduce um, our third segment, which is uh, the wonderful world of Freddie. So I. <laughs> We're not going to go that far, Freddie. <laughs> you never know. It'd be a great idea. I have one, I have one yes. question, though. Uh-huh. I, I just have one question. Yeah. So uh, we wrote these questions what's something your mom does that you also do? Something, I think, for listeners maybe to think at home. What are the things, like, I didn't connect that with my mom that I if you would have asked me if I had that quality in common with my mom I would have said no so maybe it's a conundrum maybe it's like weird sort of oxymoron like you adapt your mother's behavior your parents behavior whether mm-hmm. you whether you want to whether you or, want not. or not yeah. um, no definitely I think many of us can probably relate even the sayings right that mom would say mm-hmm. to us and we would really hate now we find ourselves saying the same thing to our kids. And we're like, oh my goodness, I'm becoming my mom. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> and that is very true. Right now that I was listening to the callers telling the stories, how they can relate to the mother, I, right away I thought about something right now. My mother tends to forget a, a lot of things. And that's something I guess she passed on to me because I tend to forget a lot. Like, I can't, I can't remember what I ate yesterday. <laughs> but... We have this weird thing, you know, like we forget a lot of things. And it's funny because like a lot of times, for instance, Sunday, we're getting out of the house, walking to the car. Like a Hispanic person, we tend to have this tendency to guess for air. We're walking, you know, my mother with her little heels, like da, da, da. And they were like, las tortillas. El comal. Like, the lights. So we tend to forget, like, you know, like we always had that thing. I do the same thing too. Like a lot of times when I forget something, like, the car, I left it on. <laughs> <laughs> and there you have it, so, you know, walking back to the to the house again, whatever we forgot. And that's something I know can relate to my mother. My kids are like, second action, second, you know, segunda llamada. Oh. <laughs> 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 I don't know how you say that. Ma, ma. <laughs> All right. No, but good stuff. Thank you so much, Freddie, Mr. Lara, and Isabel. Okay, so we're going to go ahead and proceed to move forward. So we've got the third and last question. What has been the best Mother's Day you've given or received? Let's hear what our callers have to say. My mom and dad surprised me by driving all the way to Chicago from North Carolina to see me in my first play, You Can't Take It With You. The best Mother's Day gift ever. To this day, I don't think she realizes how that impacted me. Love my mama. And the best Mother's Day gift I gave her was I went up to her one year and apologized for all the hell that I put her through. And that hell was drugs and pot in the house, totaling cars, getting brought home by the police, being put in jail overnight. My name in the paper for things that weren't very nice. Oh, I forget what year it was. She was uh, still alive and kicking, obviously. I think I was in my early 40s. And she died when I was in my 50s. So, um, yeah, it was uh, a blessing that I swear not too many people enjoyed. I actually, uh, this past Mother's Day, I tagged her in a Facebook post because the week before I had run my third marathon. And it's just something that we have in common now. Um, So I'll actually read that for you. 
a week ago, as I was crossing the Birmingham Bridge into Oakland, I thought of my mom. I thought of how her dad had started the tradition of running in our family, a legacy I arrived late to, of all the miles my mom, uncle, grandparents, and siblings had run over their lives, and of how I am just beginning to become a part of that. I thought of all his years coaching and of the training schedule she makes for me. I thought of how much of running is about overcoming yourself, your body, your fears, your past. And then two things happened. With more than half the race left, I suddenly felt very aware that I was going to finish even faster than we had planned. My pace was very consistent. I showed no signs of slowing down. And then I caught myself thinking, well, of course, I'm a Hartley. Both of these realizations are rooted in things I do for myself, but because of my mom. Shaping your own identity is important, but it helps to have some inspiration. So happy Mother's Day to the person I credit with any good you might find in me. Mom, you inspired me more than you could ever know, and I'm so grateful and so very proud to be your son. Okay, so we're back, and uh, once again, thank you very much to Tinsy Rose Torres, Andy Peronic, and James Hartley. So we're going to go ahead and uh, introduce to somebody that we haven't heard a lot from, but she's such a vital part of this operation. Are you back there somewhere? I'm back here. There she is. The thing is that there's like a computer in front of us, and she's our audio expert. Karina, thanks for joining us. And uh, so I'm going to go ahead and uh, pitch the same question out to you. What is the most special Mother's Day gift that you have received? Because I know you're a mommy of three kids, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. And maybe you've done out something special for your mom because I know how important your mommy is to you. Wow. <laughs> you, you guys caught me off guard. <laughs> I didn't think I was supposed I to. I thought you were ready for this. Come on. No, I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> the best gift I've, I've received from my children, I just love it when they hug me and they say, I love you. I think that's the best gift I get every day. Just them trusting in their mom. Mm-hmm. I know that sometimes I'm not the best mom. Sometimes I, well, probably all of us sometimes wonder if, if we're doing a good job and um, just realizing how important of a role you are to your kids. That's the best thing. That's the best thing. Just seeing their eyes, looking for an answer, confiding in, in you, whatever answer you might give them, and just the answer you give them to them, it's like the world. Mm-hmm. And uh, sometimes I just feel like, do I really, <laughs> do I really, um, me lo merezco? Do I, do I deserve uh, this? Do I deserve yeah. this? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, to me, that's the best gift ever, not just as a Mother's Day gift. Well, I've seen it. I've heard that you're an amazing mother. I know that you just got back from Europe. You went out there with your super soccer boy. That, yeah, exactly. So big shout out to him. Yeah. yeah um, you know what? Something really special that happened out there is, uh, yeah, right, my son plays soccer, but uh, you go to England and that's like a motherland of, uh, of, soccer. of soccer and the yeah, kids are beasts. Oh my God. <laughs> Pun intended. Yes. Pun and, intended. Uh, yes. And they're just like great. And one of those soccer matches, my son really felt like he wasn't doing the greatest job. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, you know what? I I uh, had to talk to him. He he cried a little. Um, he's 11. It kind of broke my heart because um, I know they all worked really hard, but um, it's the reality. You're you're. There's always going to be someone better Mm -hmm. and you just got to keep on working hard and at that time I can talk to my son but I'm not a soccer uh, know-it-all so I 
didn't know how to express my feelings towards uh, the way he played because I have no idea. I just hear him on. Uh, my husband is the one that knows all that stuff, and he wasn't with us. Mm-hmm. So I kind of felt a little lost. But I said, no, God, please help me and, and just give him the right words and see how I can bring my son's spirit up again. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, we, we looked at the mirror. He, he cried. And uh, I just put him in front of the mirror and I said, just look at yourself and just say, I'm worth this. I am great. You know, I'm a good soccer player. I'm a good son. I am a good person. This is one of my talents. I have many talents. Mm-hmm. And... If today wasn't a good day, tomorrow will be better. And we always have this opportunity to keep on growing. And then I saw the smile in his face, and it was just like, it was magical. And oh, now I'm going to cry. <laughs> you know, but just those magical things that us as mothers, and you probably too, of course, Omar, you can relate to you as a father. You just try to give the best you can to your child. And that moment was just so special. And I think that was the, the greatest part of the whole trip with my son just being there for him i just want to add something real quick i think that the best thing in the universe happened that you were there for him yes Mm -hmm. Yes. that was the best thing imagine if mom and dad would not have been there somebody else would have given that but now he's going to grow up remembering that his mom was there to pick him up yeah so good stuff thanks for sharing that no thank you (laughs) that was beautiful you can breathe now (laughs) (laughs) doctor to moms that may feel just the way that Karina just expressed at times there are hard times and you feel like you're not you're not good enough if you know the right answer what can you say to those moms we don't need to know everything Mm -hmm. we are not going to have the experiences our kids have but we all have experienced common things like rejection we've all felt anger and we've all been disappointed and so we can speak to that human element and at the end of the day what Karina shared is our kids just need to vent get it out of their system and pour it out and make sure that 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 stuff is not stuffed inside mm-hmm. um, so it doesn't hurt them later more. And so being able to check with them, you know, let them just kind of get it out of their system and get that toxic negative. Because they're going to run through all sorts of situations. Mm-hmm. They fought with the neighbor. They, The teacher told them something negative or the coach yelled at them. There's going to be so many circumstances that are going to really disappoint them and they're mm-hmm. going to feel rejected. And you don't want them to carry that burden as moms, what we can do is just help them open up and let it pour it out. And they don't need someone to fix the problems mm-hmm. right then and there. So they don't need us to be expert, tactical, you know, soccer, whatever. They just need somebody to walk them through the situation and tell their story and vent. And so many times I've done that for my kids and five minutes later they're running and jumping and playing, right? And mm-hmm. all they need is to get it out of their system and it doesn't, that way it doesn't weigh them down. Beautiful. Um, so yeah, Karina's example is beautiful. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> his spirit was up. His spirit was up in the next game he scored. So yeah. yeah there you go. <laughs> there, wow. you go. There, there you go. go. Now there also go. with the colors that we just heard, um, I'd like to point out just one in particular that really caught my my heart. I think the guy that was talking Andy. about his his mom. And how the greatest gift was forgiveness for him. After all the trouble that he caused or that he thought he caused, the pain that he caused his mom, then that gift was just a forgiveness. How important is that? Huge. Because, again, that's just such a, you know, a lot of people just are carrying the burden of guilt and shame for either faults that they've done or things that they've suffered under. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's a big baggage that you just can carry and it really will just depress you and create anxiety and all sorts of problems. And so just being it, forgiveness releases 
releases that tension and it liberates you from that. It's just freedom. It's it's almost like just being able to let that go. All of a sudden, the bitterness that you're holding on to mm-hmm. turns into contentment and gratitude. Mm-hmm. So forgiveness mm-hmm. is a way to convert vengeance and bitterness and all that negative anger towards so that pathway of forgiveness makes those things give it meaning your life situation all of a sudden has meaning and then you convert that to gratitude that's what forgiveness does beautiful and yes it does <laughs> so yeah i also had a had a pretty strong reaction to that particular voicemail mm-hmm. that was that was from andy obviously thank you andy for mm-hmm. for being so yes. open mm-hmm. in in this public forum but the thing that really struck me about your message is how grateful you were that you did that while your mother was still in your life. Exactly. And you ended that voicemail by saying that's an opportunity that not everyone maybe had and Mm. that you were grateful for it. And so I absolutely agree with Dr. Laos. Um, You know, those emotions um, can become very toxic if you don't express, um, you know, the remorse and if you don't apologize for the things that you maybe, in his example, isn't, even though it's extreme, it's not too different from maybe what we all mm-hmm. feel. Like we all feel, I'm sure that we put our mother through certain things. Like I was awful when I was a teenager in a lot of ways. But Mother's Day for me, this is our Mother's Day special. It's not about material things. Mm-hmm. It's not about going out and buying her the, the biggest, most expensive thing. It, it, yeah. It's about, I think, being there with her and taking the time with her while you have it. And that's just something that I hope that our listeners are able to do as well. So right before we let you off the hook, Freddie, uh-huh. um, we got some interesting news. I heard you're going to be a daddy pretty soon. It's true. Wow. It's true. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, we haven't officially, I've been telling people at work because the people at work are like a lot of ways my family. Mm-hmm. Um, but we haven't. So I'm actually announcing it here. It got no option. <laughs> the official announcement. Okay. You can stay, awesome. Isabel. You can stay. Um, no. Uh, but yeah, so this, I guess this is an official announcement. But yeah, we will be having a baby girl. Woo! In October. Welcome to the club. Thank you. Now, here's a very deep question for you, and, and be careful how you answer it. Okay, I'm ready. What would you like to say to your wife, Mary, who will be a mom very soon? What do I want to say to Mary? My wife, I love you. I love you so much. And I don't want to say that becoming a parent isn't a big deal, but, uh, you know, we started talking about babies' names on, like, our second or third week of dating, like... I like I feel like that's like maybe maybe I'm okay at like acting and writing these skits and being a very dramatic person in general but I really feel that my calling if you want to call it that or what I'm really looking forward to most about my life is being a father and um, I so thank you Mary for for giving that to me I know that you discovered Bloody Marys right before you got pregnant, and you can't drink them for a while. <laughs> so, here's a virgin Bloody Mary, because, you know, tomato juice has the calcium, and you don't want to develop osteoporosis because the baby's forming bones and teeth and starting to take calcium from you. She hates when I say this, but it's true, because you're a dancer. You don't want to have osteoporosis when you're 60. That's um, so funny. So, drink this tomato juice. I love you with all my heart. And, uh, baby, I... I love you too. Oh, snap. You just snapped on that one. (laughs) Good stuff. Richard, am I sleeping on the couch tonight? No, no, no. I think, think, yeah, you're good. You're good. (laughs) No, this has been a great conversation. We're just going to open the mic to everyone. If you have a special message, short, quick message for your mom, go ahead. 
Uh, well, just thank you for my mom for her compassion and her steadiness and her love and her passion, um, as well as her strong sense of faith that she gave all six of us. Uh, she raised six strong women, so she's a strong one. So just very appreciative of my mom. Mom, thank you so much for every text message that you send me every day, letting me know that God is watching and God can pick me up. You've been an amazing mother to this point through adversity and through the, um, you know, our sibling that is now in heaven, but you've been able there to represent and be the nucleus of our family. I hope you like your Mother's Day gift. It took me forever to find it, but I was <laughs> able, I was able to find a picture of you when you were a lot younger with your sisters y nuestra abuelita Maria. I hope you enjoy it. Happy Mother's Day. Okay. To my mom. <laughs> to my mom, I'll just say, Mami, gracias. Ama. Ama, gracias. <laughs> For everything that you taught me, especially this year. I'm very appreciative of of the saying, de que hay que tomar el toro por los cuernos. Let's grab the bull by the horns. I've uh, been very helpful this year. Just thank you for all, for your inspiration in my life. Uh, to my mother, I love you, mom. And if there's one thing that I really appreciate you doing for me is, is teaching me how to be self-dependent, how to always um, overcome my, my problems and the, my struggles on my own. And I'm really happy about that. I'm really thankful for everything that you're giving me. Uh, the struggle is real. It has been real, and and we've been together, being being able to overcome all those uh, roadblocks together. So thank you, mom, and I love you. Hey, Sally, it's your son, Freddie. I love you. You know I do. I'm gonna call you. Uh, everyone listening, call your mom. Yes, please go do. home and call your mom right now. <laughs> uh, to my mom, Hama, te quiero mucho. Thank you for everything you do for me, for my kids, for all of us, and uh, thank you for being the strong woman that you are. I love you, Mom. Hey, Emma, I know for Mother's Day you don't like the expensive stuff, so for this year, I'm going to stop talking back. She's always wanted that for Mother's Day. Te vas a quedar callado? Well, there you go. <laughs> That's the best gift that you can give her. So happy Mother's Day to all the wonderful moms listening to the madrinas, to the godmothers, the grandmothers, the aunties out there. This was The Struggle is Real, a podcast by Family Bridges, a special podcast for you. We hope that you liked it. And just like Freddie said, Go call your mom. Hug your mom if you're able to visit her. Please do so. So uh, we'd like to also extend an invitation for you to hit us up on social media, hashtag the struggle is real, or simply hashtag TSIR for blogs, tips, and more. Thanks for listening. Tune in to our next podcast where we'll discuss the role of faith in parenting. You can also find more resources for parents or connect with a community of parents through our Family Bridges app. You can now download it from iTunes, so make sure you do that. All righty. So on this side, it's Omar Ramos with... Veronica Avila. Till Til next time. time. Beatboxer. Mom, you're my mother, and there is no other. Me and my brother, we just want to say Happy Mother's Day. <laughs> happy Mother's Day. <laughs> we love you. Yay. This was The Struggle is Real by Family Bridges. For more ideas on parenting, get your copy of The Struggle is Real by Drs. Paul Meyer and Alicia Laos on FamilyBridgesUSA.com. 